Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Talking point. Getting you talking. Back to the show. The time is now uh, 7.29, so we are about a minute ahead of schedule. Alhamdulillah. Welcome. You might have heard uh, throughout the day we have been playing promos for this particular show and we are looking forward to bringing it to you here on 91.3 FM Voice of the Cape. I'm your host, Kamal Salasa. We are asking the question this evening, gang violence, has South Africa failed the Cape Flats? It's a vitally important question. It's a question that's been taking over the news recently. We're talking about national headlines. We're talking about uh, local headlines, community newspapers, everyone covering uh, what's been happening with regards to the gang situation here on the Cape Flats. Uh, for some context, we've seen or we've heard reports of um, military grade weapons being used. We know about the drug smuggling and, and uh, the problem of the drugs on the Cape Flats also being associated with gangs. And uh, we know also that there's kind of been a limbo between uh, the Western Cape government as well as the SAPS, which is a national competency is what we are told. But uh, all of this politicizing to the detriment of the people of the various areas that were targeted. So we're asking the question tonight, has all of this slowed down the fight against uh, gangsterism on the Cape Flats? Remember, you are more than welcome as our dear and valued listeners to give your input onto the show this evening. You can send us your SMSs 47913. You can give us a call a bit later on. We'll be opening the lines um, and uh, we'll be happy to get your calls at 021-442-3530. Remember, it is a bit cold outside so perhaps get a blanket get your phone close by you and um, maybe a warm cup of tea as well and get ready to engage inshallah because we are going to be trying to find uh, solutions to these problems uh, so we are speaking tonight to ordinary ordinary people in the community who are subjected to this brutality we will hear from anti-crime activists and we'll also hear from all three spheres of government and that's including local government as well um, and a reminder once again please send us your SMSs for 7913. Lines will be open at 10 to 8 this evening and again at half past 8 this evening. So for those that uh, catch the breakfast show in the morning as well, remember the lines are open at more or less the same time, just 12 hours plus. So it's um, extra 12 hours onto it, 10 to 8 and again at half past 8. Uh, so um, we'll jump straight into it. In the first part of our discussion, we are going to be chatting to our community activists. These are people that are on the ground, the ears and the eyes of the community. They are the ones agitating government and our police clusters for change. After 8 p.m., we take on our government representatives on air and we look at more of the crime operations that they have coming on. Uh, but first, a warm welcome to my guests this evening. We have uh, Yasmin Harris from uh, Mitchell Strain and Judy, Judy Kennedy from the Bontiaville Joint Peace Forum. Good morning to you and thanks for joining us here this evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Shukran so much. Let's start off uh, with a. Okay, <laughs> let's start with the Judy. We're getting some, uh, some finger pointing. Um, Judy, the Joint uh, Peace Forum has been very active in trying to stem gang violence in Bontierville. Um, Look, we're not talking about uh, working with the police, and we're not talking. We're talking about grassroots level um, activism and efforts from your side exclusively. Has it been successful? To a certain extent, I, to a huge extent, I want to say yes, it has been successful um, by the mere fact that p- 
people are talking and people are actively trying to bring about change, even if it's in their street. Mm. Um, I think we've we've achieved quite a lot um, within a year. We have, if you have a look at our Facebook page, you will see the different initiatives. You will see just the kind of community spirit that has been built in the area. Now, Bonteville has a rich history of activism. Um, but also for many, many years, nothing has been happening in the area mm. or very little has been happening in the area. And if we look at the kind of activity and the way people are getting involved and just talking about the issues, I think we have achieved. Um, if that is the only thing we've achieved, I think that is a lot. That's a success indeed. Yeah. Um, ask, let's ask the question that we see, uh, at least the impressions we get from the newspapers, mm. right? We are bombarded with these images and with these headlines of uh, so many people killed and, mm. you know, bullets flying all over the place. When we say that uh, that the Cape Flats uh, and, and Bontiaville in this particular case is under siege because of gangsters at this point, is it a hyperbole? Is it, uh, is it too much to say that at this point? No, it's not too much. It's too little, I think. I think... Um, the media portrays the Cape Flats um, as gang-ridden as which it is. Um, but yeah, I have issues with the media as well because they just portray one side of the story mm. and they tell the bad story. And that is all you hear in the media. But the Cape Flats has been under siege for many, many years. And it is time that communities... Um, start acting up and start, um, you know, taking initiative to kind of um, build, you know, organization and build alternatives to to um, gangs mm, mm. Um, because it is a lack of alternatives and it is a lack of resources, a lack of facilities, a lack of role models mm. um, that uh, contributes to young people joining gangs. Um, so, yeah. Indeed. So um, we also have a question about um, the interface between the community and the police. And we're talking about the police in a broader sense. Mm. We're talking about government as well as mm. local government, Western Cape, J.P. Smith, so the mm. world, including SAPS. Have you found it quite easy to coordinate efforts with the authorities in charge? And have they been helpful in a broader sense? As the Joint Peace Forum, we have since last year been trying to engage from the local councillor, to the president of this country. Um, the response was very poor, mm. particularly from um, the province. Um, we've met with uh, General Lamour, we've met with um, J.P. Smith, um, and you know promises are made and things are done for a week and then it's gone. Hmm. Um, I remember in the height of the of the gang violence last year in Bontiaville, we asked Metropolis to deploy or be visible when schools, um, you know, when children go to school and when children come from school, because that's the time and that was the strategy that the gangs used. That would be the time that they would shoot. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and they were there for a day or two, and the next day, you know, nothing. Indeed. So. We can have conversations with how many people on how many levels. If it's not a sustainable plan, we're going to keep on reverting back to mm. the same situation.
Okay, indeed. If I could maybe um, turn to you now, Yasmin, if you don't mind. Uh, We just heard now from Bontieville in terms of of, of the difficulties that they've been struggling with. Um, Visibility is one of those issues, you know. Are are the police visible enough? Has it been easy uh, for for you and your organizations to to reach out to the police, to reach out uh, to the various competencies to come and assist in uh, with your problems with regards to gangs? First of all, assalamu uh, alaikum to everybody and to all the listeners out there. Um, if I can just introduce myself, Jasmine Harris. I am the vice chairperson of the subforum CBD, uh, policing subforum CBD in uh, Mitchell's Plain. And then I'm also the secretary of the Mitchell's Plain United Talkers Forum here tonight. The problem that we have in Mitchell's Plain at a whole where gangs and drugs is concerned um, is a big problem and we've got an open door policy with the, with the police in Mitchell's Plain and um, we can phone we can sp- uh, phone the brigadier or the general they will assist us mm. but there's not enough police visibility in town centre regarding gangsterism drugs and the robberies that take place on a daily basis it's o- o- over s- uh, seven thousand people making use of their town center on a daily basis mm. and crime is so high and we need all law enforcement agencies to take responsibility first of all that town center belongs to the city mm. and the city has got to take responsibility it's no use the city upgraded the town center cost 35 million and it's not been looked after. First of all, we need security. Security that was promised to us and it's not given to us. You see what I'm saying? Mm. We've got drug merchants in that town center that highest uh, uh, shops and selling foods, little pots of foods as a front, using it as a front, but poisoning our children at the end of the day by selling this killer unga. Mm. I had Mr. Smith there one morning in the early hours of like 8 o'clock and we searched this one place, this Kingpin's place and we got thousands of rands there and to my surprise that money wasn't even confiscated because when he was asked what are you doing with all this money he said I'm selling food I opened my shop at 6 o'clock in the morning and at that time, I didn't even have a hundred rand in my till yet. My thing is, why wasn't that money confiscated? Mm. And where does the tax man come in, man? Mm. You mm. see, I was just told mm. by Mr. Smith they can't link the money to drugs because they didn't find drugs at that moment in time. Mm. But the thing is this, buildings was condemned in that town center, which I've got proof here with earth numbers and all. I want to know from Mr. Smith tonight, why are these people still trading in that buildings mm. with drugs killing our children okay. on a daily basis indeed very important question we will be um of course trying to address that a bit later on i think we've got probably a minute less left and we've been joined by rushanda uh, pasco um who's also uh, managed to make it thanks very much for coming i know the weather is making it quite difficult to come in and we appreciate that you've actually come out and made the time but um you know we've heard now uh, from uh, from basically from the mitchell's plain town center's point of view and also from pointyville and now um with regards to your experience experience so far have you found it quite frustrating when we're talking about the interaction uh, between your efforts and the efforts of um, and, and trying to link that with the efforts of local government and authorities 
I think for us in Marienburg, it's so much frustrating. And, and, and the miscommunication and the interaction that needs to happen, that does not happen. Um, I think the communities in essence and the people on the ground is trying their utmost best to work with government, our local police stations, our CPFs and so forth. Um, but it made us come for, as the safety forums um, position. The, the, the judicial system in essence have failed the people on the Cape Flats. It doesn't serve the people on the Cape Flats. Mm. Just by, if you get to the point where you get to the courts, the person walks out of the court, a free man. Mm. And, and that in its essence is serious. I just said um, um, today uh, we were approached by the question of Rasid Stahi wanting to come and apologize to the mothers uh, of the children that he have hurt. Mm. Our position as the Mannenberg Safety Forum is he, he didn't um, only hurt the mothers of, of, of children. He had a community. Yeah, indeed. It's important to remember that. Uh, we're going to pick up on this point in a few minutes. We just have to go quickly to pay the bills. And when we come back, uh, we'll be speaking to A.B. Isaacs and Hanif Lunat, inshallah, to get their perspective. Down. This is the voice of the Cape. 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 Welcome back to this very uh, special uh, edition of Talking Point. I'm your host, Kamal Salasa. This evening, we're running up until 9 o'clock with a question, with a very important question. Has South Africa failed the Cape Flats? And looking specifically at the situation of gangsterism and drugs that is currently rampant. We are joined on the line by Hanif Lunat, who's an anti-crime activist, and he's going to give us his view. Assalamu alaikum. Shukran for joining us here uh, on Talking Point. Yeah, I have my view. I, I think the blame is multi-pronged. Uh, the authority and the community should be blamed for the situation we find ourselves in. Uh, you know, very often we find that when steps and the authority takes uh, at large, takes action against these gangsters, the community can respond violently against the authority. And uh, there are reasons for this. The obvious reasons are that these very gang members uh, put bread and butter on the table, they pay for the education of the children, they sometimes pay the rentals of the individuals. But uh, saying this, the authority also has failed the community. Uh, we haven't done enough. We haven't reacted mm. uh, more arrogantly. Uh, I'll use the word arrogantly. I mean, I believe fire should be fought with fire. Um, whereas a lot okay. of people might disagree with me on this point. If I could ask, we, we know that you particular are on the forefront when we are looking at the police in terms of, uh, you know, some of the failings of the police, uh, some of the allegations of corruption that have been leveled uh, within the police force. Uh, talk about how damaging it is for the police to be in cahoots with these people that are destroying our communities. Without generalizing, uh, there's a small percentage of the policing uh, members that are colluding with gangsters and criminals at large. But they're so strong that the honest lot who are in the majority have to silently and very quietly stand by looking at this go on. Uh, 
unabated because fearing for their lives. I mean, we've seen in many instances where police are killed uh, on an often basis because of them speaking out against their colleagues. Uh, this isn't brought to the front, but we know of instances where police are speaking out, mm-hmm. but there's retribution. Uh, what police officers should realize that today it's very sweet that when we assist these unscrupulous members of our communities called gangsters, we are actually paving a way for our guests. Mm. Because these very gangs become so strong that they forget who had colluded with them from the police, that they then even kill those that are in collusion with them. Mm. So many police officers get killed in a crossfire. Indeed. So um, if, we, if I could pick up on your point with regards to fighting fire with fire, that's a belief that you think should be instituted. I mean, we've heard of military-grade weapons being used on the Cape Flats, AK-47s and the like. And um, we've also heard recently of uh, the, 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 the army coming into various areas in Operation Fila. Now, if we've got such heavy-duty weapons kind of being fired off around the place, is that not putting, fighting fire with fire, is that not putting people's lives at risk um, on the Cape Flats, on in in Manenberg, um, etc. Uh, when I said fire with fire, I, meant, I, I didn't mean using arms and ammunition. What I meant is we need to go there in numbers. We need to come in and show our presence. That is one way of showing that I, I don't believe that uh, we should be stooping to the, 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 the standards of these gangsters, stooping so low that we, we use fire and arms and ammunition in the, in the communities. Hmm. But I believe we can overcome them in a, more, in, in a manner uh, that wouldn't be violent. We could just show our numbers, but unfortunately we don't use those numbers effectively. Indeed. And I always said that policing is a business. When you, your crime is down, you're showing a profit. When it's up, you're showing a loss. If we can run our b- policing as a business, we will find that we will derive the, the, the standards and not only the standards, the outcomes that is expected from our communities. But unfortunately, I think we lack in this. And when you lack this, you're not going to derive those benefits. Mm. Shukran, so much to you. We appreciate uh, your time this evening. Shukran for your thoughts. Assalamu alaikum to you. Now, if I could, uh, I, f- I think we've got a minute left, so I think, uh, unfortunately, we had to cut you off in the last one, Akshanda. So I'll ask you to continue um, with your thought, maybe also looking a bit at uh, another point that was brought up by Hanif is in community blame. How much blame does the community itself also have to take for what's happening? You know, I, I would uh, agree with him to a certain extent, but I would say and I would add that it's not the community that's to be blamed. It's the same government, even provincially, that have decapacitated our people to take ownership of their communities. The very essence and the crutch of these communities is the same things he's speaking about, that the gangs are feeding the people and that is their needs. And we have, have given that loophole for gangs to be able to provide that service that we as a government must really give to the people. We, in essence, 
not saying because why the, the, the biggest problem is our people is distancing themselves from the government and because of that I believe we still living the apartheid system mm. up till today nothing have changed for our people very interesting point we have to leave it at that for now we go for an ads break when we come back you can let us know your thoughts I've got a few SMS's already so we'll get to that if you can please also get ready to give us a call 21 and that's after this ads break Welcome to the special edition of Talking Point here on Voice of the Cape 91.3. I'm your host, Kamal Salah. So we are asking the question this evening, has uh, the South African government failed the Cape Flats with regards to the gangsterism situation? Please do give us a call, 021-442-3530. Just checking on our SMS line, Salaamu Alaikum. Gangs and crime uh, has been here ever since. It's the lawmakers, that's the lawbreakers. I remember when I grew up, there was one policeman for a whole town. And in the next SMS reads, Salaamu Alaikum, government has let us down. Government just ready to collect taxes. It's not, uh, it's not on we are like prisoners in our own homes with safety gates and electric fencing. Young ones feel helpless. Thanks to the team who are so concerned in studio as well. And then Salaamu Alaikum, Kamal. It's not about a lack of this or that. Life is about choice. They choose to live a sick life. Our teenage sons can't even go to the shops. Uh, and then I think uh, the SMS continues unfortunately I think in an, uh, on another thought was finished until he would reach work at 2 let me know he's safe okay yeah so he's basically saying that we, if you work walking home you don't know if your child is coming home safely or not I think that and, and this particular caller is or this SMS person is quite fed up in salam alaikum Buddha why why want to ask this question um, let me just get back to it it refreshed and completely threw me off there we go why to ask the ummah to make dua for the jawad hendrik 16 years old is in gatesville from his aunt ruweda gabriel's in salam everything uh, jasmine says about uh, town center in mitchell's plain is 100 percent true so i think there are listeners that are actually that can relate to a lot of what's being said assalamu alaikum to the panel kanala kanala mensa asila khan vote remember that uh, the da help owns so and so mensani they are out to destroy okay that's very strong language or better they stand by and watch how the gangsters destroy us the da has failed the cape flats and i think um, in many ways we can uh, expand that um, to the whole politicizing of the issue at hand then uh, uh, yes uh, jasmine is fighting all these years for a crime-free town center alhamdulillah a bit of a, uh, as well, uh, a bit of a recognition of the of the excellent work, and then um, we, I have one more SMS. It's quite a lengthy one, so um, this is the, the last one before we, we throw it out back back out to our panel. If we don't get any calls, Assalamu alaikum. Actually, wait, there we got another one as well. So Assalamu alaikum, councillors, to be taken to task. They're doing nothing about the plight of the poor, gangsterism drugs and crime bylaws strictly implemented when it comes to law-abiding citizens okay we'll get back to that in a second we do have a caller on the line assalamualaikum alaikum salam kamal this is fatima here in the nova park salam. kamal this country was given to us as the country is not a democracy, it is not a democracy, it is not a democracy. Now, what is it? It is a democracy, it is not 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 a 
hulle kom hoor wat ons praat van hulle kinders, om aan die hoogroot koppe weer te gaan sê wat hulle trak sê hulle verkoop. So kan hulle man, ek vraag baie mooi ouwers, soot julle kinders uit, soos ek weer sê die country was so gegee, het man nie te makker sê wat het nou hoos gemaakt het, but aan wie het die country behoort vir ons wat ek reed? Shukran en salam, alaikum meneer. Wa alaikum salam, shukran very much for the call and a very very important sentiment as well being brought forward uh, and I, I was still busy on this SMS and alaikum, councillors to be taken to talk. okay we have another call on the line, assalamu alaikum Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, alhamdulillah all praise and thanks goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala us opportunity to listen and talk and also to put our little sixpence to the, to the one coin what I want to say, you know, these gangsters out there, I'm sorry to say it, I'm not shy, I'm not scared, they are just a lot of, a lot of cowards. And also the community doesn't work with the policing and with nobody else, because the community knows who they are. They know who these perpetrators are. Why are they scared? They are scared for the little bit of people, and we are the majority. I remember when we moved out of the six many years ago, then we went to go and live in Lavendale. And you know, when, when we, we had the peacemakers there, the late Butasaki from the Starbase Coffee, he was still one of the peacemakers. And you know, those people took initiative because they know they were, they were also like ex-gangsters, but not like the gangsters are today. Because look at these, these gangsters to, to, to speak to gangsters, but not of gangsters today. These days the gangsters don't attack the gangsters, they attack the innocent people, they rob the people every day. You go to the animal park terminus and see how they rob the people. And of course then what they do, once there's, there's peace again, then they rob the people. Once a gang fight, they don't rob. So we must just, the, the Western Cape government have to come now to, to, to toss, to say on which part are they, because if you really look at it, if you look at all these places, I don't want to sort of make them out. It's all these strongholds we these gangsters are taking over. We must realize and recognize that we must put this record straight. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum Shukran very much with Muhammad Benjamin, uh, one of our regulars. Uh, always very, always pleasurable to hear um, his views on things. I just want to maybe throw it out to Jasmine. We've got two uh, SMSs that, that have acknowledged your excellent work over the years with regards to curbing gangsterism. You ha- you've taken out a file a few minutes ago to show that the evidence is there and uh, let's talk about that frustration that must be building up with the with, with, with people that are trying to make a difference and uh, you know nothing comes of all of these efforts uh, time and time, time yes. again uh, yes shukran jamal um like the other day the mayor came there to the town center come and introduce the new um, premier to the people of michel's plain without a backup plan and just barging into our market Blocking our shops, we couldn't do business. The thing is, that's what I'm trying to say. For, for five years, we've in that market. We've been trying to get the mayor to come to the town centre and sort out our problem that we have, the drugs and the, the, the gangsterism in our town centre. I've got emails to prove that I've, sh- I've, I've, I've uh, sent off to her. The only response that you get, we received your email, we will look at the problem. But up till today, without <coughs> consulting with the people on ground, Grassroots. The, she just came in the other day. It's because it's the city, this, and they can make and do as they please. The thing is, this the, that town centre belongs to the city, and the city has got to take responsibility. Not only we have drugs and gangsterism in town centre, it's a filthy place, man. The people that's working in town centre that must keep this place clean, they can't even keep it play, clean because they don't have the equipment. These people have got to make their own scoops to mm. scoop up the dirt in town centre. Mm. 
Our town centre don't get cleaned. They're supposed to come in 4 o'clock in the morning to clean, to wash out the town centre. They don't do it. I don't want... I don't think this will happen in any other CBD, man. Mm. Besides that, if you come in the town center, Jamal, and someone approach you, they will just ask you, you want to buy or you want to sell? There's a black market where your daughter or your son maybe was robbed, and within minutes it will be sold on that black market, and the person who sold it there will just go to the next shop to go and buy his drugs mm. there. Indeed. I mean, this is not on for us, yeah. man. This, it's pathetic. The the city should take responsibility because that town centre belongs to them. Indeed. It is now one minute past eight. We go off to pay the bill. Point. Getting you talking. Welcome back to the show. The time is now 8.05. It is a special edition this evening of Talking Point where we are tackling the subject of gang violence on the Cape Flats and asking the important question, has South Africa failed the Cape Flats? I'm your host Kamal Salasa and in this segment we are speaking with Alderman J.P. Smith, the Mayoral Committee Member for Safety and Security um, about uh, some of the robust debate we've been having. Uh, good evening to you Alderman. Thanks for joining us here on, uh, on Talking Point. Evening Kamal. To start off with, we'd ha- we've had quite a robust debate specifically about the difficulty of various grassroots organizations uh, to properly coordinate with the city in fighting gangsterism specifically. Um, what is your response to, uh, to the challenges that people have been having with coordination? I think part of the problem is that when I have a, when I have a problem with my heart, I don't go to my mechanic. Um, so the reality is that the you know if you're going to blame the city or put all that pressure on the city to try and solve the problem, you are going to be frustrated because the city has none of the legal powers. We control three percent of the policing resources in the city. We have no control of the criminal justice system. All those levers of the criminal justice system, the exclusive investigative power of SAPs, the prosecutorial power of the National Prosecuting Authority, the ability to preside over a case that the Department of Justice has, all those things is unique to national government. So you cannot ask the city to fix a problem that requires gangsters to be convicted over which process we have zero power. Yes, we can talk about litter in the town centre and yes, we can talk about the 200 million rand upgrade we did of the town centre and uh, and such things. Absolutely. But what you can't do is expect us to solve the gangsterism problem because no amount of extra visible policing is going to do that. If anything showed you that, Operation Fiela proved that point. You can bring in a thousand strong people. But if they are unable, if there is no crime intelligence, which there isn't, and only SAPs can gather crime intelligence, if there's no crime intelligence and not focused arrest by specialized units going after gangsters, arresting them, charging them, prosecuting them successfully, then we will not have success. If you have a 2% conviction rate for gang crime, which you have in the moment, and national government has exclusive control over that process, then you will not solve the problem. So we'd ask the question then, what exactly can the city of Cape Town do in the case of gangs? Because there surely must be some powers. And we've also heard a bit earlier on that, uh, you know, we can also play into it, for example, the town center. Um, there were promises that there'd be security there. You know, um, these are st- they, those should have come out of the budget, of the, quite the large budget for town center. Um, what can the city do and has the city done enough with what they can with what they have Mm, I think the city has done way more than any city could be hoped to do when we took over the control of the city this city had zero programs in 2006 under the previous administration zero programs around gangsterism we didn't send a blue spend a blue cent we had no dedicated programs we had no units nothing 
Now we're probably spending around 32 million rand a year on on targeted gang and drug related enforcement. <clears throat> we used to think 300 arrests a year was something impressive. Now with the same Metro Police numbers, <clears throat> we're getting 2,500 drug and gang related arrests. So we're batting way above our weight range. We've closed four drug factories, three drug busts in excess of 2 million rand in the last six months alone. Last year for five months we took more guns off the street than we did in six years before I became a member combined. And for a part there, we were holding our own with SAPs, which is 33 times larger than us with the number of guns we were taking on the street. So I'd suggest we're doing extremely well. But if you measure us by what standard, by the standard of what you think should be achieved and where we should be, absolutely, it's a massive failure. The whole thing is a disaster, but we are not in control of that disaster. And the people who should be held, held accountable are not here in this debate tonight. And you can't. You can't ask them for the correct questions mm. around where are your convictions, yeah. where are your specialized units. So mm. the city can do stuff. We can do youth um, youth projects, which we're doing. This year I took 600 young people on youth camps. We've got our Metro Police Cadet that we've introduced. We're running a lot of different programs around this. We're doing massive empowerment of neighborhood watches. We're spending millions of ranch, which didn't happen at all before 2006. You know, this year alone, 1.4 million on neighborhood watch empowerment, hand radios for neighborhood watches. We're recruiting neighborhood watches into law enforcement reservists. We're the only city in South Africa that has a reserve program, which we're specifically using to empower our neighborhood watches. So we're doing things that's absolutely unique. We're the only city that pays for informants, for information, and it's based on that useful information and the crime intelligence we are trying to do way above our weight range that is getting those impressive drug and, and gun-related arrests. Okay. We are going to interrogate uh, a bit more into some of those issues in a short Sorry, while. you asked about the Mitchell's Plan Town Centre. I must just say, yeah. please let me remind you that nowhere else in the city did the city deploy law enforcement resources for a specific community, only in the Mitchell's Plan Town Centre and in the Athlone Town Centre. Everywhere else where you see cops on a dedicated base like that, the local community through a city improvement district is paying for it. But Mitchell's Plan Town Centre has 10 law enforcement officers that work there all the time. Are they a magic wand? Absolutely not. I have as much metro police in the entire city as SAPs have at the police station next to the town centre. Okay. We go for a quick ads break. When we come back, we'll be interrogating some of this and we'll also be speaking to MEC Dan Plato, the Provincial Minister for Community Safety. Welcome back to the show. The time is now 8.11 and we are having quite a robust debate. If I could just ask quickly for one of our guests from earlier on, Judy, to perhaps get close to a mic, perhaps to just maybe interrogate one or two of the claims that were made uh, by uh, the alderman. Um, I, I did see you in the corner there kind of shaking their head slightly every now and then. Could you maybe tell us what would you, what question would you like to pose uh, to uh, the alderman at this point? I would like to tell the alderman that we shouldn't be used as political footballs, as communities. The alderman, what he just said on radio, on the air, is what he says at every meeting that you go to. Saps always gets the blame. We're not interested in who you want to blame. We're interested in how are you going to talk to Saps and how are you going to talk to education and social development and all these other departments to come up with a plan. Because... The city can normally say, and other departments will say, oh, the communities must get organized mm. and we must give them a plan. When are you giving us a plan to say this is the plan? Or why are we not being included when your plans are being made? Mm. 
Now, uh, Alderman, it's obv- the point has just been made now that uh, is it within the city's mandate uh, to have to draw up, to draw up the plans for the particular city for the particular areas. And the other question I think is quite important. We don't have the SAPSE, unfortunately. We tried, uh, to, we really did try to get them on, but I think there is general generally. A profound level of frustration with the politicization of this particular issue. I mean, it's going back and forth. Saps is, I mean, I've seen numerous ANC members myself that have come and said the DA is the ones that are failing. And then the DA, and you know, for, for, for someone that's on the outside looking in, it really does look like there's too much politics and not in, and too much suffering from the people on the Cape Flats. How would you, um, what, what would, how would you respond to the concerns? Well, Kamal, let's just start from the back. <clears throat> in terms of the Bontuyeville Joint Peace Forum, we have met with them. Mm-hmm. There are CPF meetings where they're supposed to be where the planning is done, which they don't attend. <clears throat> so that's the problem. There is a, a legislated forum where they are meant to be, which is where the organization is done. There is an annual process where they are part of the planning. We have an annual police plan for the Metro Police, which annually is workshopped with all the neighborhood watches. They're all invited and, uh, the, and, and all the CPFs and many of them attend and they have a robust engagement with their plans and our plans are altered. We do engage other people. We speak to SAPs every day. There's a lot of collaboration with SAPs. We work very, very closely with SAPs. So when you get further up the food chain that things get political. And the we have we have plans. We have a very solid plan around gangsterism. And if you give me enough time, I'll unpack all mm. of you in great detail and I'll show you exactly where the stats and the achievements are and how far we've come mm. in the last few yeah. years with that. But the politicization is nonsense. Now, there are some people who try and politicize this debate, but I certainly won't. What I'm telling you is what the Constitution says. We each have powers. Mm. Metro police cannot investigate crime. That's not a political statement. That's a fact. We cannot prosecute somebody. Only SAPs can. That's not a political statement. That's a fact. What I am is tired of being blamed for the failure of another sphere of government who has been given the tool, the sole custodianship of the entity that is meant to do something that mm. fails. Now, what the white paper at the moment that is being shoved through government with high speed is saying that they're going to take Metro Police's crime prevention power away. Well, so enjoy the last days of blaming the city for something we're not supposed to be doing, because very soon, if national government has its way, we won't be allowed to do any crime prevention. We'll be limited to traffic and bylaw enforcement. We won't even be able to make arrests. We can only hold somebody, detain somebody until SAP show up. So if that goes through, Metro Police will have no stake in the debate. Mm. Then at least it will be evident to everybody who the responsible authority is. Mm. Um, Can I just respond before the MEC responds? I just want to respond to to the alderman in terms of Metro Police. So in Bontiaville, we have a Metro Police station, right, where Metro Police come and they sign in, but they're not... They don't work in Bontiaville, they work elsewhere. This we had a meeting on Saturday on that civic center and we had someone from Metropolis at that meeting. And we asked, but how is it that you have an office here? Right here. And the, the civic center looks the way it looks. Who must take responsibility for that civic center that looks the way it looks? It's dilapidated. There's it's a high crime risk area. Young women are being raped in that place. They right there. Yesterday again. Metropolis on Jake's Herbal Drive between Langa and, and the two Puntiaval entrances. The weapons were taken hmm. from Metropolis. Okay. We are going to get a response now. Um, uh, we've just had the MEC come and take his seat again. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank to you very much, uh, Minister, uh, Minister Dan Plato. Um, we've just heard now the frustration that, that is boiling mm. over. We've heard uh, quite a bit from the various uh, grassroots level organisations, and I think, I think especially for our listeners, looking at the newspapers, there's this. Uh, 
there's this habit from the various political players. Now we're talking about the ANC throwing things to you personally, mm-hmm. Minister, that uh, you are in cahoots with some gangsters. Mm-hmm. Same thing would have been thrown over to some of the mm-hmm. ANC members as well. Um, you know, this obviously is going to foster mistrust mm-hmm. in the system. Could you maybe comment on, on that and, and also allay those type of fears as well? Well, I think, um, first of all, evening to all the listeners out there, I, I think this uh, mudslinging between parties must not come to an end. I said it last week in a debate in the provincial legislature. I would love to see a day when all political parties, ANC, DA, EFF, IFP, who else, all community entities, whoever you support, to which party you belong to, that with regard to crime in the Western Cape, and specifically crime on the Cape Flats, we must really begin to put our political issues aside. You know, I've said it many times before, and I want to say it once again tonight. A bullet, if that bullet flies, that bullet is aimed at a person, and that bullet don't ask your political affiliation. The bullet don't ask if you're ANC or DA. The bullet hit you, and the bullet kills you. That's what's happening. Mm. And um, really, um, I would. L- that is why my approach is to work with whoever want to work with me. Um, it, it is high time for us as government and the public out there, even if you like the government of the day or not, we need to say we need a united front. We need a united force in each and every community mm. against crime and against drugs. Mm. Drugs is busy eating up many of our communities. And what are we doing? And look at the youngsters. Yesterday, two youngsters shot and killed in Westbank. Over the weekend, two youngsters shot and killed in Eitzach. Tafelsach. Um, the abduction of the young girls and that sort of thing. And what are we doing? We are fighting about, about an issue we are not supposed to fight mm. about. So now we've looked at it in terms of political spheres, ANCDA, but I think the, a very big issue at the moment as well is how far up is gangster influence? Because we've seen um, known gangsters at a very high-ranking ANC and DA and wherever they might be, whether you call them alleged or not, the point is that it's out there in the media and this is what people perceive. Let's talk about how to, to root out gangster influence, not only in government, but also in the, in the various law enforcement bodies. Look, I don't want, it's a pity SAPS is not here. And if we're going to speak now about SAPS and their roles and responsibilities tomorrow, it will be a case of, yeah, you, you criticize us nicely in, in, in our absence. But, but I, I need to say with what happened today in the High Court with the Thomas Geweld case, um, that is what must happen more often. There's many, many top gangsters out there. There's many, many top drug lords out there. They're walking around as if no one can touch them. That is what must happen. And Councillor Smith is, is quite correct. Looking at the conviction rate in the Western Cape, it is low. Out of 535 plus minus uh, gangster death over the last uh, 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 year, um, the conviction rate is less than 3%. Now, if you calculate that, 
the question is, what, what are the justice system doing about that? Mm. Um, we need to up the conviction rate because that's what's happening. The guys out there is of the opinion the long arm of the law will only catch a few, but mm. the majority will roam the streets freely. Let's talk about legislative instruments. Do you think that in terms of fighting gangsterism that there is uh, enough legislation or, you know, watertight legislation with regards to getting them? I mean, the conviction rate at 2% is kind of crazy. Absolutely. And I mean, we're looking at, I mean, in other countries you can uh, do things like, for example, claim that they're terrorists well, and put them under the, a terrorist uh, type of legislative route. Um, is that something that looking can at be looked the at? Mm-hmm. And, and looking at what happened to, to Gewalt, the Poker Act kicked in and uh, he, he was sentenced today, eventually after, I think, six or seven years. Um, a long period of time, but as I said earlier, things like that must happen quite sooner. We need proper convictions almost immediately. The time span of seven years needs to narrow down to three, four years plus minus. Um, that is why we need uh, proper e- crime investigation proper crime intelligence, all of those to put a person away for many years, even for life. Mm-hmm. Very importantly. I think what we're going to do now is we're going to go off for a quick ads break and when we come back, uh, we are going to allow our community um, uh, members uh, that, that are joining us in studio as well to also get involved in the conversation uh, with our members from uh, local government. Uh, stay tuned. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 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 is now 8.21 at the special on the special edition of Talking Point here on Voice of the Cape 91.3 I'm your host for this evening Kamal Salasa question is has South Africa has South Africa failed the Cape Flats with regards to gang violence now there's already been obviously robust discussions even when the mics are off and even when we are at ads break so um, I think I'll allow that to continue I think what we're going to do in this um, it's quite limited time so we'll try and have a bit of a round table discussion as well uh, we'll start off with uh, Rukhshanda inshallah I think I think I agree to 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 what what's uh, the things that has been said, but I think also the problem to fix because we don't want to contain anything anymore. Mm. We have come to a point where we say we want solutions, and and real solutions, and the solutions that must happen is radical change. Mm. And just like Mr. Plato has said, we want those gang leaders to be arrested. Our call in Mannenberg is the city must take action. Some of them stays in the houses. They operate from the houses. We want the city to act and evict them. Evict them from our communities because we don't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and those who support and, and entertain them, evict them because of the fact last week they evict, evicted a woman out of a shack. Her daughter got shot the Saturday evening. She can't use her arm anymore. How do we justify that? At the back of my, my home, young ones are using a house to do their drug activities. I bring it under the attention of the local office. I'm like a joke. I'm like a joke. Um, Alderman J.P. Smith, if I could perhaps ask you with regards to eviction, is that perhaps one of those tools that can be used and what is the difficulty of using tools that are at the, disposable, uh, at the disposal of the city? 
All right, perhaps if I can just <clears throat> take a half a step back and just saying in relation to Bontiable before the comment that was made about the dilapidated buildings, Metropolis can't fix dilapidated buildings, and that's uh, the, the relevant department must. But I can show you hundreds of arrest cases around guns, drugs, um, people loitering around where we've um, searched them, found wanted persons that Metro Police have done in Bontieville. It's true that that Bontieville station doesn't just serve that area. So again, let me remind people, we have 600 Metro Police for the city, 22,000 SAPS members. On average, you have as many SAPS members at a single police station as I have for the entire city. But with what we do, we do what we can. Around the evictions, before 2006, the city didn't do any evictions. When, I, when we took over control of the city, I started driving those evictions hard. We have about 13 evictions a year now. It is really hard going because remember we don't control it. We can't just put the people out. We need evidence before we can evict someone. It takes on average 18 months to three or four years. Their little house in the prairie tomorrow is being demolished. It took nine years in court, nine years to get little house on the prairie um, evicted because those people bring in the big guns. They bring big lawyers and stuff. And they fight this thing to a standstill in court. And it's not criminal court, it's civil court. Hmm. So like any other landlord, the city has to go stand there hat in hand and wait for a court date, wait for a chance to do this eviction. It's a slow process, but we're doing it now and it's happening and very often we get stymied because even the police will say well there you have a drug house so we say okay cool give us the evidence so that we can go to court and get the eviction because if we go to court with no evidence the court will tell us to go and fly kite where we ask for the evidence and no evidence is forthcoming that's our single biggest delaying point is the availability of evidence so what happens is metro police goes and look for the evidence itself it will go raid the property over and over but still then you're taking to court <clears throat> drug arrests without convictions and then the court is not necessarily um Supporters. So this is difficult terrain. The evictions is a slow tool. But it's like telling you, asking you to drive to Belleville now. I can say you can walk to Belleville or you can drive to Belleville. You're asking me to evict a person. That's walking to Belleville. When, in fact, the police can go in and lock that guy up and convict him for drugs. That happens instantly. That's a quick process to arrest him. The eviction is a slow process. So that is the slow road to a destination. We're doing it, but it's a really slow and cumbersome mm. road. The quick road is to make the person who's selling the drugs to arrest him and, and, and convict mm. him. Uh, Jasmine, if we could maybe turn our attention to you. You've um, taken out a file with some photos in terms of, and we've heard that evidence is probably the biggest issue. Do you feel that uh, in many ways, uh, you know, the the... the the various CPFs and the various community bodies can assist the police in gathering things like evidence? Is that um, something that can be done? Well, um, they can. I believe they can. But the thing is, this, like, what I want to say is, like the uh, safety and so, uh, Dan Plato has said, um, I think it's time that people put their differences aside and all the uh, law enforcement entities work together, take hands and I think that's the way we're going to get the solution by solving the problem and not shoving the pro the one problem to the other uh, uh, entity like um, I've got a WhatsApp here where Alderman Smith was on, on your uh, uh, station one evening saying what he did in Manenberg watching a house for four days and when they went in they 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 got what they wanted. I WhatsApp him immediately after that interview, and I ask him if he can't use the same strategy here in Mitchell's Plain where Shorty is concerned, because and then he just shove it to to the Saps. I think we shouldn't do that. That's shove true. the buck to one another. We must try hmm. and work out a solution and see what is the community going to benefit of it. 
That okay. is my problem that I have in Mitchell's plane. Uh, Rushanak, do you, have you had similar issues? Uh, you know, yeah, we we have a lot of similar issues. The one thing, I, I, like I said, I'm speaking about solutions. The only way we're going to win this, even if the community is part and parcel, I think Menenberg said it quite right, is that the time where a decision was made without the people whose lives are affected by what is happening is long gone. Because you can't decide what's good for us. We know if we need to evict people, so it's good if you go to that merchant's house, burn everything down, even hurt his children, and then there will be real action. Or wait for four to seven years to evict that person. Because mm. I don't want that. Okay. Um, if we could have a, a word quickly from Judy as well. Yeah, just a, a couple of things I want to respond to. First of all, in terms of CPFs, the Joint Peace Forum has the right to be independent. We yes. don't want to belong to the CPF. We are Our focus is not crime only, yes. it's also other issues. Yeah. And therefore we have the right to be, in, to be independent. So this thing about keep on telling us about the CPF and the CPF, we have a close working relationship with the CPF, but we're not part of the CPF, right? The other thing is this, is, this problem is systemic. Yes. This is not a, a problem that can just be wiped away. The, the, the issue is it's systemic and the system is rotten. While we have a national police minister that is worried about Nkandla and what is happening there, not worried about the Cape Flats, we have massive issues. In terms of the city, and, and maybe we should stop inviting metro police when we mm. talk about the city, because metro police is not the city. Why don't we have social development here? Why don't we have education in the province here? And when are all these departments actually going to come together and say, let's come up with a collective plan? Mm. Mm. Because while metro is doing their thing and can't do half of, of whatever they're supposed to do, and SAPs can't do half of whatever they're supposed to do, how long are we supposed to suffer? Mm. Um, I think the MEC as well had uh, had something to respond to. Yeah, no, I, I concur with many of the points raised around the table. I just want to add to say that um, the communities can do a lot. Uh, CPFs have a major role to play. Neighborhood watches have a, a major role to play. And that is why we are now busy with our next round of policing needs and priority meetings. And I want to invite the ladies and the entities uh, to become part of, of the process where we discuss for two days with SAPS in the room all of the issues, SAPS's problems, the, the problems community safety and who else got with one another and vice versa. And um, the first rounds of, of meetings went exceptionally well where we're looking at, at, at major safety issues in the communities and even where the cluster commander, the station commander uh, and sector commanders are present. And where the community can say that there and there you are failing us. Mm. So that meeting is, is, is underway and uh, maybe I need to forward uh, the dates uh, to your radio station and yep. you can pronounce it over the air. Secondly, I need to say we mustn't lose sight of this fact and that is that gangsterism in the Western Cape and specifically on the Cape Flats is with us for the last hundred years. To break it down, we're going to need that united front. Mm. We're going to need structures in place. We're going to need systems in place to address that issue, to break it down from within. It is embedded into our communities, in our streets, but 
even in our houses and and i want to tell you one or two stories about that what we detect what's happening in okay. many of houses indeed we, we can perhaps if we do have a bit of time at the end we can definitely get to those it is now half past eight we go for an ad break the lines are going to be open after this ad break so please stay tuned the k the voice of the k the voice of the k the voice of the Welcome back to the show. I wish our listeners could also be flies on the walls in the studio at the moment. It is heating up. We've put on the aircon, thankfully. Uh, we, <laughs> it is uh, this time for open lines. You can give us a call 021-442-3530. Let us know what's on your um, with, on your mind regarding these things. Um, I do have a few SMSs that have come in, quite a few actually. I think we're on to the next page already, um, so I need to get to those. So if you want to give us a call, do that. Assalamu alaikum. Um, uh, where did we stop the last? And yes, councillors to be taken to task about doing nothing for the plight of the poor gangsterism drugs and crime bylaws thickly implemented when it comes to law-abiding citizens criminals have taken over our lives poor sickly people have had to queue from 5 a.m outside in the cold before they get access to clinics yes. and at 8 a.m the same happens at social service centers while these councils are living a comfortable life at the expense of the poor who gave them the votes uh, shame on the sure. political leaders who only care about the wealthy uh, we have a call online assalamu alaikum Waalaikum salam in Okay, unfortunately. The police Okay, okay. Auntie, I think, I think the line is unfortunately very poor and we're missing most of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's rather unfortunate. If you don't mind giving us a call back, maybe Uncle Rashad can take your message and he can post it on the screen so that I can perhaps mm-hmm. give it. Uh, okay, we, we, is it the same caller? No, it's a different caller. Assalamu alaikum. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How are you? Uh, good evening to the panel. Evening. evening. Man, what I've just observed now from these various people, if you take SEPs uh, and you take the Metropolis, number one, uh, number one is they are at loggerheads. They are at loggerheads. Now, how you, how do you people expect us, the community, to get safety from these people? Number two, the Metropolis. I'm sorry to say it. They are ill-equipped. They don't know how to talk to people. You ask them questions. Then they say, what you say? I don't know. Now, how can you work with people like that, especially on the Metro Group police? They, they are stubborn, and at the end of the day, they want to get cross. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that call. Assalamu alaikum to you. Some more SMSs. Law-abiding citizens must stop the silence against the violence. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Rashad Stahi. Okay, this one's to do with Rashid Stahi. must get rid of all the drugs and gang lords, uh, which he created, and serve as an apology for the community. So it's also talking about uh, certain gang members also having to change their ways and also trying to undo their legacy. 
this is and salam alaikum get well okay this one i i think we're going to time to stick to the topic this evening if you don't mind uh salam alaikum first the law corrupt moms and kids and gangsters stop your child killing my child police are scared of the gangsters because they are on the payroll of the gangsters once the counselor do next var gangster betreffni the work sam met home here in hanover park i read it as as is there so i might not have done done it justice i do apologize for that salam alaikum can't trust the police they tell gangsters who give information yes. they shoot you now i think this is a this is something that's also a theme that's kind of come forward quite a bit um i've seen here that uh, with, uh, with regards to operation fila especially um and the police also that that's come into it um there's a lot of mistrust the the, the, the people of the, on the cape flats are seeing the police and the army as the enemies instead of the gangsters in some cases and um how how do we curb that how do we look at that we'll ask alderman jp smith that uh, it's a question you must ask of saps because only they can tell you what they're doing with the independent police investigations directorate but as for metro police we have a good um, disciplinary record uh, we if you look at the studies by the institute for security studies and corruption watch metro police in captain has the lowest corruption rate in south africa um, compared to other metro police forces and certainly compared to um, saps we in recent studies they didn't even have a chapter in their last study on captain because we were doing well in that regard we make sure that we deal with our corruption and if your last caller wants to let me know where this particular metro police conversation he had was problematic i will let him know um we can certainly speak to that member but the feedback i get from metro police is a great deal more positive than that mm. and often they tell people tell me they prefer working with metro police because they're more responsive notwithstanding their size but i do want to touch on some of the comments made about the town center and otherwise mm. the reason we can talk about the town center and i can be shown problem in the town center is because i'm present to be shown the problem that i make it the trouble to go there on the day when we were there we actually searched those premises with metro police and couldn't okay. find any drugs okay. that's why we couldn't uh, arrest the person and uh, so that is a problem when okay. i get information tip-offs as um, was claimed here then that goes all to the same source okay. but you can only arrest if the person is found with drugs on the premises and again so say the saps station is across the road okay they have significant access to the town center Thank you, Alderman. I but i want to say that this issue about the politicizing at grassroots level, Metro Police and SAPs work well together. It's a misperception that there's politics or that they're at loggerheads. It's not at all the case. The politics happens here in mm. these kind of conversations, and there's where the, the, the debate becomes political because okay. people have the individual political agendas and otherwise. Indeed. But at Although the grassroots we, level, they work well together. Uh, could we touch on this again uh, just after the break? We have a call on the line. Assalamu alaikum. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Assalam, as, as JP da. Yes, JP is in as India. As Plato da. Yes. yes. Oh, goeie naand, ek wil maar net sê, eerste sê, wie sy kinders is die waar die gengs is? Is dit die politie sy kinders? Is dit die armie sy kinders? Of is dit die ouwe sy kinders? Hulle moet responsible, accountable vat vir die kinders. Ons gaan nie na die meetings mee nie, because as jy ons een kinders wat pat van die gangsterisme sê, die mense wat daar kom, kom hoor wat ons sê van hulle kinders om weer aan te dra. Ek wil net sê, is a baie bad situation. Ons, wie, weet jy, ons doen alles, maar ons het nou gedecide. Wie, ons kinders wat in die dinge sê, ons gaan nie meer participate die daar, ons moet die voor en toe kom. Daar was nog iets dat ek nou wil gesê, ek by JP Leister altyd mooi na my, o, het jylle nou gesê, ek en Karitje Weilensie, wat moet die councillors gebeet in Philippines? en ander plekke, maar hier by ons 
Die kansels is wakker skrik, die kansels boek, bok droog die in die nouwe pak. JP en Mr. Plato, die kansels in die nouwe pak doen, bok droog. Ga die, die kansels optrek, of moet die community vir die kansels wees? Okay. Hoe moet hy sy werk doen? Ons community werk is werk by jati. Shukran en salam. Assalamu alaikum to you. Time for an ads break and we'll get responses just after this. Point on 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back. The time is now 8.42 and we are cantering towards the end of the show. It is now almost 9 o'clock, so we are we, we're coming towards the end and we just need to make uh, some concluding remarks and maybe just talk about, uh, flesh some of these things out a bit more. I think there's quite a bit of, uh, of, of anger from the community that we've heard now from Antigigi specifically and also from uh, from the floor. Alderman, I think uh, some of it directed uh, at you as well. Um, once again, could you please continue on the thought just before we... I don't read? think it was directed at me. I mean, I think that Gigi and I have a good relationship. We speak regularly. She sends problems to me and I try and deal with them as best I can. Uh, if you complain about a councillor, there is a system in council. There is the speaker of council, but it needs to come with evidence. I have connected her to the speaker and the chief whip before. In terms of her complaints about the councils, we're not shy to take action against councillors. We don't mind. Um, there's another councillor to take that one's place. So, you know, no councillor is precious or, or indispensable. But from the city side, if I have to make a summary comment, we have done a lot you know, if I look at where we were in 2006 and what, said, what the city did and what we believed was our job, we had no gang operations, we had no drug operations, we had no youth pro- programs, anything. I took 600 youngsters on youth camps last year. We created a Metro Police Cadet with the first of those young people are now working in. We've got school resource officers now in 30 schools. Um, we run neighborhood safety officers in 17 high-risk communities. I spent all my time in poor communities. I, I dare you to find me doing some kind of operation in an affluent community. Our resources is heavily prejudiced in favor of deployment in poorer communities. And I make sure that that's the case. So we, we've gone a far away. We have a drunk and gag, gang task force now that's getting eight times better results than they used to in 2006 with round about the same resources because we're doing much better crime intelligence. But is that going to solve the problem? Absolutely not. In fact, I must tell you, if I look at Manenberg, the more people we arrest, the worse the problem gets. The more the shooting carries on because that kind of disruptive policing, which is at the end of our powers, is the end of what we can do. We can do observations, you can go get a search warrant and raid a property. But that's the end of our powers. From there on, we hand it over to SAPS. That is not actually solving the problem. Mm. In fact, it might be destabilizing the situation worse. The convictions is what needs to happen. This is not blame, Kamal. It's not blame. It's a simple reality of we have specific powers pegged down in law. Get a constitutional expert in here and let the constitutional expert take you through whose powers is what. The city can only do what we can do, and I'm very passionate about this. Nobody works harder and spends more time chasing this than I do. The little Ocean's Eleven that I've assembled, our prosecutors, our the, the crime intelligence people that I'm assembling around Metro Police, will start driving some of those things and we'll get, try and get it fixed. I'll go back to the town centre issue and find out what's happening with eviction. I don't run property management, but I'll go back and find mm. out what the specific issue where that particular tenant is and, 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 and what the matter is. Mm. But not within my department, but that doesn't mean I can't, um, I can't try and help her get it fixed. And if, I, if she makes the reaches out to me tomorrow, I certainly will do that, and I'll facilitate a meeting with property management so that the responsible people can explain to us what they're doing. Hmm. Uh, Jasmine, if we could ask you to perhaps, uh, especially with regards to the city council, um, I mean the, the town centre, as we've just spoken about. Yeah, um, I suppose our problem won't be solved in the town centre because we don't have the resources 
and the availability of the people that should take responsibility for what's happening in the town centre, which will, I will say again, it's the city. Yes, they do have 10 law enforcement officers there in the town centre, which um, Mr. Smith also last year promised me by uh, 15th October he will equip them with radios and um, firearms, which he did. But still... These people are still scared to do their job because they still tell us they are, their lives are being threatened by uh, the gangsters. And then also, I want to know from the alderman tonight, is these officers, have they got the right, are they in a position to tell the people that Mrs. Harris and Mrs. Baker send us to do this to you and do that to you. And when we go ask them about it, because people come to us for pointing finger and say, Dinoma gaan draai op jou. You see? So that's why I'm saying. And then we go ask, have you got the, why are you telling people like this? When did we come to you? Then they, you know what the law enforcement officer say, I can give his name as well. He, say, he said to us, then we'll ask our superiors to take us out of this town center. Yes. Mm-hmm. So why? So the taxes, the taxman's money is being used here to pay people that don't want to do a job. Mm-hmm. We want action. We want service. We want delivery that was promised to us. We were moved out of the town center lanes where we used to trade to go into a market. And we were promised security on a 24-hour basis. That is what they promised us, the city. Mm-hmm. And... That is not happening for us because you have got uh, pictures. You have got pictures of people sleeping on the roofs of the structures the city has built for us. This is not on for us. Seven o'clock in the morning, me and Mrs. Baker, mm. we go out, we go and wake up those vagrants because mm. before it gets daylight. Okay. This is okay. not on for yeah. us. Uh, Rishan, if we can uh, move on to you. Um, I, you know, I like I said, solutions. On, 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 on next Saturday the 13th we're taking this city and I hope the whole of Cape Flips arise and stop this um, genocide against the hum- humanity. The reason why we're saying it's a genocide against humanity is because of this apartheid um, um, squalors that they have built for us in the past. They don't want to change. It's by time they must change that and give some dignity back to the people. That is what we want to see happening. Put the money where it should be spent. For 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 over 40 years, Menenberg is standing, not having a day hospital, not having a post office, nothing. Instead, they build a housing, local housing office on the borders of Menenberg, where how does old people reach that area? So that is all part of the problem. Hmm. And we must come together and talk about these problems yeah. and put the solutions forward. Vitally important. We have uh, Judy, if you'd like to conclude. <coughs> yes, I want to reiterate that this is a, a systemic problem. Hmm. It's a problem that has been coming on for years. Hmm. It is time that we put party politics aside. Our people are dying. Yes. People are dying. The issue is highly political, but we don't have time for party politics and for petty power mongering amongst departments or whatever the case may be. It's going to take all departments and you can laugh, um, JP, I couldn't care less. Um, I couldn't care less. That's your perception. Um, It's going to need education. It's going to it's going to need national, provincial and local governments to come together to address this problem. Because, yes, the the answer to your question is yes. The Western Cape and the Cape Flats in particular Hmm. 
has been sold out. Yes. Has been sold out. And has been betrayed by every sphere of government yes. and by every political party. Okay. Uh, if we could have, have the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I have my opinion. Let me say uh, some of the issues raised by Judy I've raised before. Uh, at the beginning of, of the debate, um, we need to stand together. I'm of the opinion that the majority of the people on the Cape Flats is law-abiding people. The majority of the people don't do crime. It's a minority, and we allow the minority to rule us. And uh, Judy is quite right. The issue around politics, I, th I, I have said it in the legislature last week. I repeat myself. ANC, DA, who else? it aside for the benefit of the people out there. Mm, for mm. whoever the people is going to vote, leave it for the electorate to decide whom they're mm. going to vote. Tomorrow it's my kit, the next day it is your kit. Mm. But then I want to say that um, in the Department of Community Safety we reach out to many communities through our uh, religious outreach programs. I believe the religious sector in the Western Cape can, can do much, much more to assist government and government to assist them to tackle the problems on the Cape Flats, uh, mm. specifically the systemic problems you referred to. The religious sector during the apartheid years played a major role in dealing with apartheid per se. Jointly, we can deal with crime and with the gangster and drug problem. And then uh, the, the last point uh, I, I want to make also, the kids. Uh, that is why we reach out in many, many ways to the youngsters on the Cape Flats. And um, I, I need to say to you, uh, the programs to get them into education, education for me is the key to empowerment. People can, can shout, we're uh, poor and living in disadvantaged communities and that sort of thing. I'm still amazed with the amount of young people walking, roaming the streets on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. And then even young children uh, in the morning without any supervision. And then I asked the question, where is mom and dad? Some mm. of the previous callers raised that point. Yes. Um, education begin at home. It, it is not only for the government to look into. Indeed. Um, look, we are in the fortunate position of having a minute or two just to, um, uh, just to look at one more thing. I think that uh, in terms of the South African police services not being here, it is an absolute shame. And we have tried to get hold of them to join our panel this evening. It's just unfortunate uh, that they haven't sent a representative or they were not available at the time of of, of airing this, but um, you know, the still of the very, very important uh, elephant in the room, as I, I'd put it, is uh, Operation uh, Fila. That for me, I uh, it seems a bit like it was uncoordinated. There was a lot of complaints about it. Let's talk about whether that was successful or not, um, c as briefly as possible, if we could maybe well, get to that. One or two of the other people can round it off. I just want to say immediately about Operation Fila if government act there's always complaints about it. If we do nothing, there's complaints about it. Myself and Premier Zeller, for the last two and a half years, we asked national government, please deploy the army. Now the army get deployed, and there's many, many negatives around it. We have never said Operation Fiela will be a immediate success. It mustn't be once off, ad hoc basis. It must be more often. Week after week, they need to hit many of our communities to make the necessary impact, and we will feel the impact over the next couple of months, not almost mm. immediately. Okay. Y yes, you Again, it's about sustainability. Operation Fiela was in Bontiville for one day. The next day, the shooting continued. But by the way, Operation Fiela was brought into existence because of xenophobic attacks. So can someone in, in, in yeah. Durban, um, can someone explain to me that 
how does this work? How does it go from the xenophobic attacks in Durban to crime on the Cape Flats? I mean, I can see a connection, but can someone s explain hmm. how this hmm. works? Because it seems as if this is just a piggyback on something else. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Uh, J uh, Alderman J.P. Smith. Again, I've got sympathy with SAPs. When they do nothing, they're criticised. When they do something, they're criticised. Um, but Fiela was not a success. And it won't be a success if you do one or two days and you're not there every day. No thing that only happens once or twice will be successful. Only a sustained program will be. And it's not about numbers. If Fiela showed us anything, is that running in, coordinate searching, disruptive policing does not achieve results. What achieves results? Convictions. Taking the gangsters and the killers out of your community so that you do not have a 1 in 50 chance, 2% of being convicted. If that is your odds, then you will keep on killing and keep on doing wrong because nobody is removing you from the equation. So how do you get convictions? You have specialized units. They disbanded out gang specialized units. Minister Nschleko has now said that he admits it's a mistake. He is going to bring the specialized units back. We eagerly await that because only crime intelligence driven, prosecutorially orientated operations will work. Mm. And those aren't weird buzzwords. They're very practical things. You can only act if you have good intelligence, which means you have to build networks for the city. The city gets about 27 tip-offs a week, and that's from good people, and we get good value out of those tip-offs. That's part of what drives our IRS figures at the moment. It wouldn't happen if it were not for the community tip-offs. And <clears throat> we would not get... Um, but not get the results. So that's what you have to do. And you have to be prosecutorially oriented. Every action the police takes must be must have as its goal getting that building a case against your bad guys and putting them behind bars like we did with George Thomas, Geweld. And if that happens more and more, then we will take these problematic persons out of our communities and our communities can start recovering. But, you know, we're spending now a lot of money is now going to be spent in Hanover Park and Manenberg. Massive. <coughs> probably about 120 million between the two suburbs. Um, and we've already spent a lot of money. Um, the ceasefire program which is within our powers. That's the stuff we can do. We don't have the magic wand at the end of the food chain, but we can do stuff like ceasefire, which has brought down your murder and attempted murder rate a little. Um, and um, yes, it has. I'll show you the stats. <coughs> and the, the gunfire detection technology. These are the things that the city can add. Technology solutions to help SAPs, outreach workers, community programs. Those are the things we can do, but that's not good enough. And it won't be good enough because nothing short of putting the bad guys behind bars will get a lasting result. And unfortunately, the people who control that value chain are absent from this debate mm -hmm. tonight. Um, one, I've got less than a minute. If you, I, I saw you. Yes, to it's make fine to take these gangsters out of the area. But what about the trauma that's already that's been caused? Mm, okay. And how do we deal with that? Okay. No? Okay. So, it, and, that, and therefore, we say it's going to need everybody everybody because it's not just about putting someone in a prison somewhere for yeah. seven years mm. Mm. or for seven life sentences mm. it's the effects of the crime and the violence what effect has that had on communities in the area indeed uh, if we could maybe conclude with uh, jasmine inshallah <laughs> yeah shukran uh, kamal um to me fiela it wasn't a success because at the end of the day it's like the wrong people were taken mm. and not the real issue was addressed mm. and that was the gangsters and the drugs indeed that's very important shukran to you i, th I think we what we're going to do is have a got two minutes so i'm going to let the last words go to our listeners and our sms's and just conclude with that so ps police law enforcement and a ccid is on the parade how can they not see or know about what's going on there yeah. 
And then uh, also we will never get rid of gangsters and drugs. There are uh, too many Jackie celebrities in national and local government. In here in Hanover Park, by the terminus, is all the bus shelters afgesag. And now is they busy with the taxi ranks a duck. And Salam, can you play? Okay, that, that, that one I can move forward on to. This one questioning um, the, 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 the answers of some of our panelists. We're not going to get overly personal tonight. Salam, VOC Salam Kamal. Ons mense is nie trots op hulle nie. Uh, om hulle omgevings nie. Hulle moors hulle omgevings om die parke doen hulle die selfde. Die speelgoed wat hulle in sê. Okay, Kamal, dit is die rede waarom ons die gemeenschappen inbeweeg op, op grootskaal as het departement van gemeenschapsveiligheid. Juist om die behavioral change en mindset change en baie van ons gemeenschappen mm. te weeg te bring. Indeed, unfortunately we are out of time so uh, there are a few more SMS's if I didn't get to it, I do apologize profusely and inshallah I'll be able to do it tomorrow morning on Breakfast Beat bright and early so you can stay tuned for that we are going to obviously have some follow up discussions on the show. So um, shukran once again to all our guests, thank you very much for joining us in studio. I think it was quite productive. Unfortunately, we know there was <laughs> there is a bit of an issue with, with one party not being here, but uh, you know, I, I think it was still constructive. Yeah. Have a very good evening and thanks for joining Thank us. Goodbye. You listen to the stem of the CAAP on 91.3 and 95.8 FM stereo. Pulse.